0: You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host, Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, I'm Sean Tice. Thanks for coming back to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness. I'm excited to have our guest today, Darren Gray from Athletes in Action. So great to have you today.
1: Well, great to be with you.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your ministry before we get into talking to talk about fatherlessness?
1: Well, where to begin? So I I think of it sort of as influencing the sports influencers that can influence the world for Christ. So I find myself in the midst of NFL players, coaches, and alumni a lot, finding ways to connect with them and you know connect with their own hearts, right? How do they relate to their own families, their teams, the community? And so many of them now, Sean, as you know, are, are, are we're fatherless. We're, we're in terms of uh, an intact, family, uh, stepdads, foster kids, adoption foster, all all the complexities uh, that can be involved in this fatherless process, but spending time with them, connecting with their hearts, and ultimately trying to guide them to a deeper relationship with Christ.
0: Yeah, you and I connected on social media a few years ago, and then we met up in, I think, Indianapolis area while we were there for our ministry. Uh, Is that where you're based out of? You're in Indianapolis? Is that your, or were you just there for ministry?
1: No, in, Indy is uh, where where I grew up. Indiana okay. is home.
0: Okay, that, that's wonderful. And and so you, you've you been doing this for a long time. How many years have you been with Athletes in Action?
1: Well, you know, five with Athletes in Action, but I've been in the fatherless field for 20 years now. Uh, so, Good. yeah, I intersected with a guy that some of your listeners may know about, uh, um, now retired NFL head coach, Tony Dungy, when he became the head coach here in Indianapolis. And I got very involved as a stakeholder and a volunteer in his national father program now called All Pro Dad. And so ended up going to work for them full time for 11 years as a practitioner deep down in the in the field and found ways to see what we could do to help, you know, uh, address this systemic issue in, in our society.
0: Yeah, I, I've met I met Mark Mark Merrill before from there, um, from All sure. Dad. Dads. Great, great organization. Tell us more about that, just real quick. Just tell the viewers if they haven't heard of it. I'm sure they have, but they haven't.
1: Okay. Yeah, I remember sitting in a conference room and writing these words. Give me an hour a day, right? Uh, give me a month, a year. And, and finding ways to get guys. I have blue that. But give me a minute a day, an hour a month, and a day a year. Uh, and uh, the idea is the minute a day is, you know, plug into some – daily fatherhood content, give me an hour a month, hey, plug into an all-pro dad chapter, now of which there are more than 1,000 all over America. Uh, I remember when there were none. Uh, and and uh, then give me a day a year to come out and celebrate uh, on an NFL curse somewhere. And that was really where I specialized in helping to uh, pilot our and found our uh, traveling NFL roadshow, which we call the All-Pro Dad, Father and Kids Experience. So for 11 years, I commuted once a month from Indianapolis to Tampa. Uh, helping Mark Merrill and George Woods and all the great folks there to build that project out and then left there about six years ago uh, and then onboarded uh, shortly thereafter with a- Athletes in Action, which I had been involved with as a, a volunteer and a stakeholder, uh, helping them with some of their Super Bowl programming, but got more formally involved and, and now serve as chief marketing officer and down deep in the fabric of this global sports ministry that helps to you know, really connect with the hearts of, of athletes across the globe.
0: Now, tell us, so I, if you follow you on social media, you, you'll see you got the flashy side. I mean, the flashy side, the Super Bowl breakfast, the different things. Tell us about that. But also tell us about the the day-to-day with Athletes in Action, the discipleship and the things that go on there. Can you tell us about the flashy, but also the day-to-day?
1: Sure. You know, we have three signature events and I help to uh, uh, guide some of those. We have Super Bowl breakfast. That's the Bart Starr Award NFL sanctioned program uh, at each Super Bowl. 36 years in the making and honored to be uh, deep down in the fabric of that, helping to co-produce some of the programming as well as some of the business side of that. Then we've got our All Star Breakfast, which is an NBA All Star Weekend, and find ways to connect with the hearts of NBA players and the whole ecosystem around sport as it relates to NBA. And then finally, where I was a couple of weeks ago, which is the NCAA All Star Week or NCAA, uh, you know, Championship Weekend, uh, and that's our Wooden Keys to Life, which which builds upon Athletes in Action's longstanding relationship with the Wooden Family. In fact, we're building the Wooden Family Fieldhouse in Zenia, Ohio, right now. Uh, uh, and uh, finding ways to to use the language of sports to reach athletes and the ecosystem around them. So, you know, it's just a uh, um, uh, like you called it it's the flashy part. I think that's a fine way to put it. But the real work happens down on the two hundred college campuses yeah. across America, where uh, sports ministers are connecting with the hearts of athletes and finding ways to build movements on campus, and then moving toward what we call the equipped, multiplying disciple maker in other words you know once someone's saved and they begin to come along on the journey and they move away from their their former life hey how do we guide them so that they then can also become a leader in the faith and an equipped multiplying disciple maker so they can make more disciples and that's how uh, evangelism i think uh, moves to discipleship and that's really what athletes in action has been about for over 50 years so wow. proud to be a part
0: mm-hmm. and, and i love i love what you do i actually worked for uh, FCA for a little while back uh, in yeah 2000 2010 2011 i was there for still doing our ministry on the side but also with that and i saw some of the nuts and bolts of that are you guys very similar to fca similar at work a, you guys are more on college campuses or
1: well not only are we similar we love fellowship of christian athletes and and i partner uh all the time uh with fca um and find ways to build bridges you know they they specialize in many ways uh, on college campuses as well but the thing yeah. that they do even better than we do they do the high school huddle mm-hmm. like they just do such a great yeah. job of of uh, uh having a foothold inside of american public schools and that's so valuable we overlap on many campuses in fact many campuses is called FCAIA where we actually uh, co-locate with space we share resources you know, we, we recently ran an event with Tim Tebow where we came together. We did our programming uh, because we're all addressing, you know, the athlete. And then I call it the ecosystem around sport, which is which is family and teams and community. So we, we think highly of them, along with, you know, inner varsity and, you know, professional athlete outreach and nation of coaches and so I really specialize in being able to work across uh, all of the ministry uh, organizations and find ways to build common ground. I'm great at partnerships and finding ways to create right fertile ground so that we can address right the deeper needs of athletes, which is mental, physical, spiritual, and get down and deep. In fact, I, I wrote a book about it. it. Was called The Jersey Effect with Tony Dungy and uh, and others, and really we uh, uh, get down deep in the fabric. What influence actually is? Why athletes uh, tend to have a little bit more of that because of their role inside of a a school or a community, and then how they can live for Christ and ultimately uh, reach more people because of the platform that God has put them on.
0: Now, I completely agree with you about the the partnership. I mean, I worked. I I, so I went up to Pennsylvania to do uh, the North Central Pennsylvania uh, FCA chapter, close to Penn State. Uh, so I, but I partnered with an athletes in action guy there at Penn state Yes, and man, we would, I mean, he was showing me the ropes. He would, he had been there for a long time. And so, yeah, the great, great ministry now talking now shifting gears over to FODLessness. Um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of FODLess athletes out there that I think a lot of them, they find their outlet in sports. Um, they're able yeah. to even channel their anger and aggression through sports. Speak to that, what you've seen about FODLessness over the years.
1: You know, I'll do it by way of a story. So I can remember um, working with Tony and Mark Merrill, who you mentioned earlier, and helping to craft some of the top 10 ways to be an all-pro dad. Like, how do we how do we think about this? And we put these uh, um, on the back of a T-shirt and we ran an event up at the Colts Complex. And afterward, you know, Tony passed these out to some of the players and connected uh, with the community. But afterwards one of the players came up to Tony and he, and he read through the the top 10 things and he said, Hey, Tony, I've never done a single one of these things with my dad. In fact, I don't know who my dad is. And it was things like, uh, you know, we were trying to normalizing, uh, uh, what, what it means to be a good father. Hey, good dads eat with their kids, right. Good dads pray with their kids. Good dads do these things. Right. And, uh, and so it was a real, uh, um, important moment, right. As we began thinking about how to, uh, um, Guide the program, not just to speak to good dads that want to be better dads, but how do we also address right this intractable issue that uh, America and other countries, quite frankly, are face are facing, and find ways to insert mentors and other sustained strategies uh, that help men that that need to uh, grow up and find ways to father their children. Hey, uh, and, and we no longer—it was, you know. Hey, uh, love your wife. No, well, love, love the, love the wife of your kid, right? Because so many of these guys, if this was your question. They're not married, uh, but they might have children. And so, how do we think differently? How do we allow that to help us to understand uh, how to serve them and connect with them? And that's really what my heart got captivated by. In fact, that sort of precipitated, in some ways, my move from all pro dad where I was needed to run business practice uh, and work toward athletes in action where a significant part of what I do is to uh, minister directly to athletes and connect with their hearts and ultimately guide them into a deeper saving relationship with Christ. So that's probably, uh, you know, the heart of it.
0: What are some practical things you guys did then? Once that guy said that to you, what are some practical things that, and what did you How What was your response to him? Or was that to Tony Mm -hmm. Dungy? He yeah, so said yeah.
1: it to Tony, but Tony has told it, you know, with with me and many others on stage many times because it, it helped to just slow us down, right? Sometimes before you speed up, you got to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And so that, that just made us think about, hey, how do we do e- uh, programming that addresses fatherhood? inside of the league itself. So I helped to form a strategic relationship with the NFL to pilot programming that we do each year at the Super Bowl. That program continues on and lives on after me, almost 10 years in the making, uh, where we ran uh, the All Pro Dad, Father and Kids Experience, but for NFL players only. And so we began to draw them together and take the time to slow down and listen to them and understand, like, you're not all coming from the perfect little intact biological family. But we want to be attentive to who you are and and how it is that that you might uh, need to um, uh, be ministered to. And in our case, uh, some of the practical things as you were addressing is look, uh, you know, they can't go to church every Sunday; they're doing something else. They're playing a football game. So we begin teaching about like, okay, like what does Sabbath mean? How do we think about addressing the differences that might be in your life versus Uh, another household down the street and then just being really attuned to the fact that we needed to show them other role models that they could look up to and demonstrate through Dungy's Diary, for instance, which was a, a multimedia platform that we began to create like, hey, how does Tony do it? And that helped to give a trusted figure, one of the most trusted men in America. Uh, how do we address that to, to allow them to say, hey, I ought to do better. And how can I do that? And uh, so, you know, it's teaching them simple things like I believe in you because I love you because I'm proud of you because like when's the last time you stopped and paid attention to your child? Right. In a really unique way, not giving them a gift. But this is back to your unique questions like you have money now you're playing in the league. Like how do we slow down and go? Hey, it's less about gifts and it's more about speaking to their really emotional need and teaching them little techniques that they could use uh, to take back into their families uh, to to get better, to listen better, to connect better and and uh, it was everything to from chore charts and just things like normalizing things that they miss because they didn't grow up yeah. with an intact family. So I don't have all the materials right here with me, but I remember constructing a lot of that curriculum and. And just thinking about it differently and then bringing on 60 NFL players, coaches, and alumni, uh, which would then help us to make sure that our uh, the NFL programming was kind of hitting the mark. Uh, uh, and then, of course, we had our broader programming for all of America, uh, some of which was applicable, but there were, were some differentials. I think I addressed a couple of those there.
0: Now, with the pro sports, have you seen where some of the uh, organizations, NFL, NBA, MLB, are they doing anything? I know they have a lot of athletes that come in that are fodless Is there anything that they're doing? I mean, it might not be spiritual, but mentoring-wise.
1: Yeah, you know, I do um, see a number of initiatives going on. You know, the NBA is as uh, a player engagement director now. That that's a new thing uh, that the NFL began to pilot and pioneer, and I think the leagues are kind of watching each other. Uh, and finding ways to make sure that they're addressing sort of the social, emotional and the overall wellness needs of athletes. So that's one. But the I think the NFL does it best. I mean, they put together a whole constructive strategy. It was all under the leadership of a, a man named Troy Vincent, uh, hopefully a future Hall of Famer, along with Art McAfee and many, many others. There's a whole network inside of the league, but they do a fantastic job of attending to the broader needs of athletes. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of their research, uh, which they've got a lot of fact-based learnings on the 30,000 guys that have played the league and where where they're at and what they can do to make sure that they're attending to these needs. Because when they're happy at home, hey, man, they're going to have a better chance of being more successful at work. And that's what we all want is a great quality product on uh on Sunday uh, but it's more than that these are real human beings uh, with attendant issues and needs and and uh and lots of uh, uh, uh joy too right and how could they bring more joy to these guys and i think the the NFL's done a pretty darn good job of working toward that but you know they're fighting an uphill battle yeah. Right. You know, they're, you know, they, they might not say it this way, but there's sin in the world. Right. There's brokenness. There's 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 pain. There's challenges. This fatherless epidemic, it's intractable. Right. That last verse in Malachi is there for a reason. And if you kind of think about, you know, Malachi 4, 6, right. One day there will come a prophet formed in the image of Elijah who will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And if that doesn't happen, there will be hell to pay. Now, that's the message version but it gives you a good and clear picture right yeah. like we have to sort of be formed in the, this this image of Elijah to the extent that we can kind of be willing to be a voice in the wilderness even when it's hard even when people are like no 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 what about single moms i'm like bless single moms bring them on let's go we love them we want to we want to support and encourage them but the most ideal form of family we believe right mother father uh, coming together, forming a, a unit that ultimately raises up their children. So it's, it's, uh, I don't, I know that our work will never be done. You're in this space too. So, so you get it. I hope I'm not being, you know, overly pointed with my words, but it's, this is, this is hard stuff, uh, but it's kind of like where the wild things are. Like, how do we just continue to know that there's a wild rumpus out there? We want to be in it. We want to be part of it, but point people toward true North which is yeah. a deeper relationship with God. And and I think that's how you guys do it with God as my dad. Like, Hey, you didn't have a biological dad. Look, we get it. That's hard. Uh, but God can be your father. Hey, build a relationship there and then find the support that you need to grow.
0: That, that's, that's so good. And so true. Um, now tell us about the fatherless athletes you've worked with. What, what are some things that you've seen with mm. fatherless individuals, what they're dealing with? Because the thing is, people look at them and they think, well, they do have money, they do have success, they do have fame, mm-hmm. but sometimes their lives are just still falling apart even with all those things. What have you seen with the different mm-hmm. athletes you've worked with?
1: Oh, my gosh. I the stories I can tell. Um, you know, I'll pull one up uh, in recent memory. Uh, his name is Ellis, uh, and he was uh, on Tony's Team that Gruden ended up winning the Super Bowl with down in Tampa Bay. Ellis wins. great player. Uh, you had Warren Sapp on one side, and you had Ellis on the other, and these guys were, these guys were tackling machines, right? Uh, um, you know, and and uh, Warren's in the Hall of Fame now, and uh, uh, Ellis um, tells these stories um, and about how critical the criticality of my relationship, Tony's relationship with him, helping him. I used the word earlier, sort of normalize, like what it meant to be a good dad. And now Ellis, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, he texted me sort of out of the blue and it kind of blew me away. I'm like, he was just like, Darren, thank you. And it was some really specific language about the things that I had done that he had actually heard, he latched onto. Uh, I had taken him to the Holy Land on a tour. I do Holy Land tours with the with the NFL players and that's super interesting. And, mm-hmm. and I really love that uh, to teach and guide and mentor. But in particular, I, I spent a lot of time Uh, with Ellis and he just kept showing up. Like he just like, like every time I would call him about a program or an event or a strategy, he's like, man, I'm in, whether it was digital or in person. One time he even flew back early from Houston to get back to, to Tampa to do a thing at his own expense. And so I'm like, okay, this guy is paying attention. And uh, I quickly began uh, to learn uh, who he was and he didn't have a good dad. Like Mm. and his situation wasn't ideal. And so he really was watching me and how I, uh, attended to him with with respect and love, and told him I was proud of him, and noticed him, and saw him. Right? People want to believe and belong. You know, they want to be part of something greater, and kind of gave him some role and a purpose. and And so, over time, uh, you know, that relationship has blossomed such that he's like, man, like your coaching has been really valuable. And I don't say that to you know celebrate who I am. It's, it's got it's Christ in me, uh, but I try to find ways to just. Just listen and, and be present for guys. Uh, man, I had a situation th- this week where a, a player, whoever I won't name the name because everyone on this call would would know him, super famous, and his brother's in a situation right now, and and uh, he he grew up fatherless, and uh, you know his mother passed, and there's really complex stuff, and you know sometimes it's just a matter of listening well and going hey it's going to be okay i believe in you because uh, yeah. they didn't always have that right they got it from football they got it from the sport that they played but in life itself like for just for who they are not for how they played and that's identity work and that's at the heart if you want to think about it of what i really do to help them understand that there's a good god and they can they can be all that they want to be right in christ and so that that's my story.
0: What do you say to an athlete? I mean, what, what do you, you about identity? What do you what how, where do you start there? I mean, what would you th- like? They come to you and they say, "Hey, I didn't have a dad, and he's you know he, he I feel empty inside." Where, where, where would you start?
1: I start with questions. You know, I, ra- rather than try to have some prescribed uh, programmatic around I- identity, you know, I, I you know it's not about who you are is about whose you are. Like all that's true, but yeah. you know, woo, whoosh. Uh, you know, for me, it's just you know, tell me about that. You know, how does that feel? What are you learning? And oftentimes, you'll find that they just uh, performance is is the thing that they've just grown up and there's this uh, you know they've got regret about the past, they've got you know anxiety about the current. You know, am I going to lose my job? You know, there's this constant state of unrest. And you know, when you're assured of who you are and whose you are, right, you can rest easier. And so I take them back to verses like two Timothy one seven, right? We're not to have timidity nor spear nor fear, but, but power and love and self discipline. And I, I talk about those things and the interrelationship between them and some of the definition, some of the um, translations of that great little verse from Timothy talk about having a sound mind. And I go, Let, let's talk about that. How do you think? How are, you, how are you thinking right now? And just get inside. And then I've got some tools uh, that I'm able to use to help, you know, uh, slow them down a little bit and and get them to, you know, really uh, address some of the, the longer term issues. And a lot of it just comes down to, you know, they just didn't feel loved growing up. And they knew that if they had to play well and uh, that's when they felt love and when they lost, they didn't feel well. And, you know, that's that's a bad that's a bad loop. For all of us, right, whether we're business people or whether we're professional athletes. So those are some of the, the simple things that I do to pay attention to guys and lean in on that topic of identity.
0: Do you work with any of the um, pro chaplains? You guys, Athletes in Action, do they partner with them? What, what are they, do anything that they see with the issue of fatherlessness that they've communicated with you guys?
1: Yeah, so the the league is gracious to to really look to Athletes in Action, our pro chaplaincy department. Uh, um, to help guide a lot of that. I think we've got eight uh, NFL chaplains on staff right now. And of course, there are some unaffiliated chaplains and a few FCA chaplains. And and we just try to build that network. And most of them participate. Many of them are my dear friends. I mean, within the last seven days, I've probably talked to six. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, so uh, a lot of these guys are in my life, too, right? Because I need coaching as well. I need to listen and pay attention and stay attuned to what's going on. But last week we had our uh, global Athletes in Action uh, conference. All of the chaplains from across our network were in town. Uh, And also, like, we've got uh, chaplains across Major League Soccer, uh, we've got some NBA chaplains, we've got many uh um, other sports where we do a lot of deep work uh, as well and swimming and diving, Olympic stuff, a track and field, bicycling like stories that people don't know about because the people that are playing them aren't household names like the guys in the in the uh, NFL are but your question, was, what are those guys seeing? And I think it's, it's, it's echoing a lot of the sentiment that I'm talking about. You know, I just think that they're able to, through systematic ways, go deeper and deeper. Cause if you think about it, right. If you have a fully embedded chaplain, that's like in it, he's on the sidelines, he's down in it. Like he's a coach. And yet, uh, he, he has that, that he's that safety valve right? That you can really talk to him because every day, like he's not reporting in on your state of mental health, like the team psychologist might be. He's able to listen well and connect with you and then connect with the coaches and, and your family members and the front office and other places that that allow him to be useful inside of that, of that team. And so I, I think of so many chaplains that come to mind that just do such a tremendous job of, of ministering to the needs of uh of, of athletes um in, in all sports but especially in the nfl
0: now you've been doing this for a long time what have you seen mm. back, back when you started working with all pro dad or even before that um until now with the issue of fatherlessness because it continues to grow what what have, have you what's the differences you've seen between back then the, and
1: field, now? the field of fatherhood,
0: like just Wait, the whole no, fatherhood. With, with, with you know with fatherlessness fathers being absent and stuff like that would it is it, I mean is it has have you seen a major difference in the players where they're worse or what are your thoughts about that I don't I don't know
1: that it's any worse now than it was 20 years ago I mean I don't want to you know have my head in the sand either but I, I think I think it's just a matter of all of society has now a new awareness about the importance of mental health the mm-hmm. importance of overall wellness about how you know um, you know tony and i say academic athletic social and spiritual you know we sort of toss leadership and social development down in the social sphere we've got spiritual spheres to that higher calling that connection right to god and and, and into your faith the athletic part of course that goes without saying and then finally um You know, the academic part, which is do you know your playbook, or if you're still in college, you're a student athlete first, and then how does that fit together? And kind of helping guys understand where they fit, but letting them know that their performance is not who they are and there's something greater. And, you know, finding ways just to, you know, have a meal with them, to share our hope with them, and ultimately let them know that there's an eternal solution. Right, to these temporal problems that that they might be facing, and also teach them about joy. Right, you know, teach them like there can be a culture of joy when you attend to to, to to others first. Right, when you attend to Jesus and and attend to ultimately yourself third, and and know that right you're more than just how you play the game. So that's why you see a lot of these guys on their profiles now on Instagram or otherwise. They they've begun to. To, to share more broadly, uh, and we could have a whole other conversation about social media, perhaps we should, but as a general rule, as you see these guys start to expand, like, here's who I am. They're putting a Bible verse up. They're they're connecting, not all of them, but the good guys, that's who I really personally specialize in and working with and relating to and finding ways to serve. Um, but, you know, letting them know it's okay to be a little broken, like sometimes mm-hmm. Boldness before brokenness can make you a bully. And I'll say it again. Boldness before brokenness can make you a bully. The idea is out of context. You're just doing this to people all the time. I see coaches like that uh in all sports, yeah. youth sports included, but it's okay, like can be a little broken. Like I don't have to be perfect. And that can be uh, uh related to their their mental health or physical health. And so anyway. We, we find, I, this last weekend, I was uh, uh, doing some ministry programming with the Uncommon Sports Group, formerly known as Managers on a Mission, which attends to the needs of sports equipment managers and and, and physical trainers, you know, guys down in it. And so th- think about the trainer, for instance, what's the role of the trainer in a team? And if that guy knows Jesus, right, guys are, you know, getting taped or connecting or maybe, you know, they're at, a, at an injury that they're attending to. Man, those guys can meet them yeah. where they are. And so we sort of think about it as the whole ecosystem around sport. And I don't want to bore your listeners with no, all the true. thought that goes into this, but, you know, it's not just anymore a traditional chaplain, but we're, we're – you know, we're pleased that you know the NFL still like 32 teams. Many of them have two chaplains. Many of them have a player engagement director. Every team it's okay to kneel down after the game. They all have a pregame chapel, whether it's on Saturday night or, or Sunday morning before the game. Like it's, it's that's pretty cool, man. That mm-hmm. that that's still safe, and you know all that got launched uh, um, in in '89 with this chaplaincy effort, with with the help of of uh, athletes in action, and that stemmed from. What was happening in college sports and then led with the great leadership of so many of the men whose shoulders upon which I stand, uh, like Dave Hanna and others. So we're we're honored to do the work that we do and uh, just to, to be a small part of God's big plan inside of the world of sports.
0: Now, with your chaplain, um, with the church, the services they have, do most of the players attend those or is it like 50 50 or?
1: You know, it really varies widely, man. I've talked, I did a couple this year uh, where I'll serve as usually when they travel into a new city, they'll have a guest chaplain that'll, that'll pop in or a pastor or a thought leader in the field of sports. So I won't name the teams, but um, you know, some of them are giant, like overflowing. Uh, Others are small. And I just think a lot of it comes down to the leadership uh, inside the organization, uh, that that really makes the guys know that hey it's it's okay back to the broken part like you're, you're not yeah. broken just I mean sh- sure we're all broken right so in nature and all that we could have a theological discussion but hey it's okay to go to chapel and to go get filled up and you know people uh, might debate me on this one but I don't even care if they're playing to praying to the God of winning. Like I, I just just come and learn. Like just be a part. Like get mm-hmm. in the room. Uh and you know, for a, a less mature believer, like, Lord, help me win so I can have a bigger platform. Like, okay, uh, we'll go, we'll start there. Uh, uh but how do we move toward the more um obedient right uh, life and, and move toward a deeper understanding uh of what it is that we want to return to Christ because of what he did for us, right? This unmerited favor that we that we got. And so uh, we 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 love the work we do.
0: Now tell us more about the uh, Super Bowl breakfast. Um, that's how, kind of how you and I connected. We were I was we were looking at maybe coming to one of the Super Bowls. We didn't get to make it, but um, mm-hmm. someday someday I plan to I plan to make it to your Super know. Bowl breakfast. But the uh, Bart Star Award you said about. Yep. Tell us about that, and has any fabulous individuals ever won that? Just out of the, off the top of your head.
1: Yeah, many. Uh, Warwick Dunn uh, won it. Uh, I think of him uh, immediately. Anthony Munoz uh, was fatherless, functionally fatherless, greatest um, uh, you know Mexican American, you know, or Latino to ever play the game of football. Wow. Both of those guys come immediately to mind. I'm sure if I cross sorted that, I don't know that I've ever sat down and put a chart together. Wow. I probably should. Great idea. Uh, let's do a pilot little research project together and get a little chat B- G- GPT going to see if we can uh, uh isolate uh which ones had intact uh families or not but uh um you know to answer your question um yeah these are these are tremendous men that have uh have great accomplishments in the field of football uh and yet they make family and faith and their community, uh, really important, too. I think of this year's winner. Unbelievable. Kirk Cousins. I, I went to his home. We filmed four hours. Uh, uh, what, in essence, was the the Bart Starr Awards special that aired on CBS uh, adjacent to the live program that we produced at the Super Bowl. It's open to the public. Hey, come on out. It goes this year's Vegas, next year's New Orleans, the following year, San Francisco. You know, uh, it's a very uh, amazing event. NFL sanctioned, which is beautiful that we yeah. have the covering uh, of the league because we do things with such excellence. Uh, and that's really my background in, in media, marketing, communications, player development, all of these things that we're able to accomplish. But tremendous event. Learn more at SuperBowlBreakfast.com. This will be the 36th annual event. I don't know who's going to win this year's event, but – uh, we've got uh, a great uh, cast of characters and Terry Bortz and Corwin Anthony and so many people at Athletes in Action that lean in to help uh, produce that amazing event and uh, just proud to be a part.
0: Now, just real quick, tell us about the Bar Star Award again. How do they win that? What's the credentials for that? Yes.
1: Yeah, so there are uh, um, the teams uh, uh, and the players are pulled each year uh uh and they're essentially it's player nominated like who on your team represents the values of Bart Starr which was you know kind of this faith family and excellent in football too and so there is a criteria to go on the website you can see the exact criteria but the uh the way that we think about it is uh we, you know we produce the ballot and then the team the individual players then vote much like the the uh the like the Pro Bowl. And and we're just blessed to be able to produce something like that. And then that winner is invited to come and participate in the live program. And then around that, myself and the program committee produce just one whale of an amazing event, you know, Fast and Furious, uh, uh, some live, some digital, uh, and then a TV program. Around that, this year we had, you know, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Tony Dungy, mm-hmm. Mike Singletary, Anthony Munoz, like Kirk Cousins, Demario Davis, like it doesn't even make sense. But these guys know um, that they need to because they've been given much, right? They can they can also give much, yeah. and because they're anchored with that that heart set, uh, and because we're communicating and, and, and engaging them all year round. Uh, then when it comes time for the Super Bowl hey, that's their native habitat. How do we bring them in And uh, we've had so many amazing uh, uh winners over the years. And that all got started with the help of uh, Joe Gibbs uh, 36 okay. years ago and uh and now here here we find ourselves and I've been involved with the program since 12, 2012, the year that the Super Bowl, uh, came to Indianapolis and Tony was telling me, Hey, you should, get, I was still full-time at all pro dad. Right. And, uh, he's like, you should check it out. And so I just jumped in and uh, started helping on some media and some programming, uh, with that. And man, just, just a blessing now to be able to yeah. to do it, uh, in a more holistic way. It's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. We have less than a minute left. Will you just share with us where to find you, social media, websites, how we can connect with you further.
1: Yeah, uh, darringray.com. We're at Darren gray 2020 as in 2020 vision. So D-A-R-R-I-N-G-R-A-Y. You'll find me if you Google me. Would love to interact with you in the social spaces and all the places you might think I would be, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, but always trying to post things that are uplifting about gifted leaders that understand who they are and why they're uh, in the sport that they're in to help make a positive difference in the world so thanks for having me on uh uh, this week it's been a blessing to be here with you today to see you in action and uh, get to join in fellowship with you
0: it was great to have you on darren and thanks for the inspiration and the insights in the nfl and all the other different sports appreciate it My, my pleasure Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of Let's Talk About FODLessness. We want to now challenge you to take the next step by either starting a single mom community group in your church or with your ministry, or by joining our network of God Is My Dad Churches and Ministries. Isn't it a great experience to be able to start a single mom community group? Yeah. And it's just, if you talk to single moms, a lot of times, what they'll tell you is the one thing they're lacking is that community—just a group that they can go in and they know there's no judgment. You know, everyone may not have the same situation; everyone doesn't know what they're going through, but they can go in and they know there's no judgment, and and it takes that kind of that restriction and that uh, wall down for them so that they can share and then that they can grow in Christ and our single mom community groups are a wonderful ministry if your church can start one we'd love to have you we can help you get set up we have the curriculum and all the resources you need if you can't start one we'd love to have you start by by joining our network of churches and ministries our god is my dad network of churches and ministries where you can get your church or your ministry on our map and people can find you and find find your ministry in your church so that they can get plugged into your church or ministry locally so check that out you can find all these resources at lifefactors.org we have books we have all kinds of content on there at lifefactors.org check it out today